From Marie Claire Beauty Crew and InStyle, you're listening to Get Lippy, the podcast that lifts the lid on all things beauty. I'm Carly Orman, editor of beautycrew.com.au. I'm Eantha Yu, acting beauty director of Marie Claire. And I'm Bettina Tyrrell, beauty editor on InStyle Australia. Today's episode, we actually recorded a few months ago, um, back in the studio with Sal, before there was a pandemic, um, we sat down with Dr. Michelle Squire. Now she's got a very interesting job title. She is a skin coach. I've not heard of many skin coaches, but I feel like after meeting Michelle, I definitely need one. And after being in isolation, I definitely, definitely need one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We're calling on you soon, Michelle. Now guys, she'll, she's going to give you the rundown of what she does and all the things, but pretty much in a nutshell, she uses her background and her knowledge to kind of look at ingredients, look at products, look at your skin and your needs and what you want out of a skincare routine. And then she just tells you what to use. That is honestly genius. Like, I'm putting my hand up for that one. Yeah, I want her to come raid my cupboard. I want her to raid my cupboard. I want her to be in my phone so when I'm in, like, the shops, I can take a picture of, like, a skin, like a moisturizer and be like, hey, hey, Michelle, will this be good? (laughs) Thumbs up, thumbs down, (laughs) Michelle. Which one? (laughs) Well, guys, here is our chat with Dr. Michelle Squire. Dr. Michelle Squire, welcome to Get Lippy. We are so excited to have you, but I think... We can't not start off with saying, please explain what a skin coach is. Look, that's a very good question. And I'm kind of making it up as I go along because there's <laughs> actually nobody else like me. So I can be whatever you want me to be, essentially. So many moons ago, getting close to about 18 years now, I started my science career after uh, finishing up my registered nursing career. And just kind of had a bit of a side interest in skincare science. And so because I had access to all of the scientific papers, because I understood the scientific method and because the scientific language wasn't foreign to me, I started just for my own personal interest researching skincare science. And when I say researching, I don't mean researching as in a consumer perspective. I mean as in a scientific perspective because there's a vast difference between the two. And so as a result of that, I just started doing little skincare consults for friends and family. And over the years, having kept up with the scientific literature, with industry contacts, with dermatologists, with aesthetic physicians, I just decided that it was time that there's so much misinformation and there's so much noise in the skincare press and in the skincare world in general. There's so much choice. There's so many new products arriving on the scene. I just decided it was time that I kind of moved my side hustle into my main hustle. Right. So I left my academic career and my science research career to do that a year ago, this month. So how does it how does it kind of work? Do you sure. have so you have clients that you can call or they call you or do you see them yeah. or do you have a consult? Yeah. How does it work? Well, so what I do look my main clinic is in Brisbane, so I physically see clients face to face in Brisbane. Um, it's a one on one process, so mm-hmm. people find me and they come to me with their usually they bring uh, or send me photographs of their skincare routines, and what we do is we go through we do a bit of a um, cosmetic chemistry and analysis of what they're using talk to them about their skin goals and try and plug the two together so it's about helping people or simplifying things for people Mm -hmm. helping people to make good choices based on what their skin actually needs and what the science actually says about skincare products not. And do they come to you with a problem? Like, do, have they got a problem with their skin or are they just 
bamboozled by everything that's out there? It's a range of things. So Mm -hmm. sometimes it's a problem. Mm -hmm. Mostly, though, it's – so my my specific market is females over the age of 40, Uh, although – that's what I say my market is. In reality, it's probably post-children, post-childbirth onwards mm-hmm. for a range of different reasons. Females over the age of 40, they're dealing with ageing skin. And that's as a result of normal skin ageing processes, but also because of hormonal issues. And so, for example, women around menopause are losing collagen in their skin fast. They age, women between the ages of 50 and 60 age on average three times faster than men. Wow. We lose about 30% of our collagen in the first five postmenopausal years. Lucky us. Yeah. (laughs) As if, you know, having hormones your whole life wasn't bad enough. They can't, yeah, when they run out, it's bad too. So there's that aspect of things. But there's also women who come to me post-childbirth, they're tired. Again, there's a hormonal influence. There's pigmentation issues often. So it's a range of things. I also see some younger people with acne as well. So um, anybody who comes to see me with a problem, if I feel that it's not something within my, you know, I, I, I stick in my lane. There's enough people out there who are pretending to cure cancer with skincare. Uh, I don't need to be that person either. So um, anybody who comes to see me or who contacts me with an issue and it's not something that I can fix with skincare, I will tell them and refer them to a dermatologist. I refer to a lot of different people. Right. So we all work and we all work closely together. So essentially they come to see me one-on-one. I also do pop-ups in uh, Sydney, Melbourne and Perth where Mm -hmm. people can come to see me there. That's good. And we work out a really great science-backed individual skincare routine for them. Okay. And part of your expertise is that you're great at reading an ingredients list. I'm very good at that. (laughs) There is that. So when you're looking through, you picked up a product and you're looking through the ingredients list, what are the red flags that you see? What are the big no-nos? Look, the number one thing that really puts me on high alert, gets all my spidey senses jingling, is an ingredients list that is about a kilometre long. So something that's got a lot of ingredients in it. The primary reason for that is that... Ingredients are listed in order of their concentration by, or their, the amount of them by weight in a container. So you know a container is only a certain size. Mm-hmm. There are certain ingredients that by law are, cannot be present in more than uh, 1% amount. Mm-hmm. So things like uh, fragrance, some preservatives, those kind of things. There's very, very few ingredients that work at concentrations less than that. So if you see a product that has, you know, 60 ingredients, you know that the first five or six ingredients, because of that descending order, are they're going to be making up about 80% of that container. Mm -hmm. Once you get to the kind of 1% mark, if you see another 40 ingredients from there, they're present in such minuscule amounts that, you know, unless they're things that should be there like preservatives... Um, texture enhancers, those kind of things, they're not actually, if they're performance ingredients, what you would know as active ingredients, they're not really going to be doing anything. So they're often there to justify a claim that makes a product very expensive. Right. right. So I call them fairy dusting. So it's that yeah. first few product um, ingredients Look, that are... 
the ones that are in the most concentration. Correct. Correct. So if you if look, this is a this isn't a gen, this is a kind of general rule. This isn't the case for everything. So for example, in the case of retinol, so an over the counter retinol, you want to see in at least at least a one percent concentration. So if you're seeing it right down at the end of a great big long list of ingredients, that's not for you. The the thing, though, is that a lot of manufacturers don't disclose things like retinol. They can use encapsulated retinol or they, they can do kind of fancy, sciencey things to it to and add penetration enhancers and things to make it penetrate further into the skin. So you can have a smaller amount, but it might be one of the fancy ones or it might be it might be in combination with a, a penetration enhancer. So you, you kind of you can't just look and go, OK, well, I can see retinol is the 10th ingredient there, so it's not for me. You, you do need to It's have, all about context. It's, mm. it's about context, exactly. So typically, though, you would like to see, if you're buying a vitamin C serum, for example, you want to see vitamin C as one of that those first five or six ingredients, typically. Vitamin C or are there other names that people could look out for, for vitamin C? Oh, well, vitamin C is a whole other podcast. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, you, want to, you specifically want to be looking for L-ascorbic acid, which is the bioavailable form of vitamin C. It comes with a whole host of problems in terms of stability mm. in its packaging so that's a whole that's we'll discuss we'll, that we'll later. Circle back to that yeah later yeah on. well you know <laughs> yeah if we've got five hours yeah absolutely in terms of ingredients that we really do want in our mm-hmm. skincare products what are the ingredients that you recommend Hero to your clients yeah. yes okay i think people get very concerned about actives mm-hmm. you know we want actives we want things you know Yes, to an extent that is true, but the value of a really a cleanser that's designed for your skin, you know, whether you've got oily skin, whether you've got sensitive skin, whether you've got dry skin, whether you've got... I mean, maturing skin is not a skin type, but as I've kind of explained, it comes with its own issues. The value of a cleanser that supports your skin barrier and the value of a moisturiser whose job it is to make your skin look and feel smooth and hydrated and to kind of preserve the skin barrier, which is vital to skin health and functioning, it's it's completely overlooked, I think, in mm-hmm. favour of these days. You know, everyone's a biochemist these days, but it, it's completely overlooked. So I really focus a lot of attention on choosing and you don't need to spend a lot of money on those two aspects. They're kind of the bookends, I guess, of your routine. You don't need to spend a lot of money on those things, but they just need to be appropriate to your skin needs and they have to be in there. So so cleanse and moisturise have to be there. Cleanse and moisturise have to be there. Um, n- not necessarily twice a day, not necessarily double cleansing you know, again, that's a very individual thing when I see someone and speak to them about their skin and their skin needs. But cleansing and moisturising, you know, they're the kind of two have-to-haves. Everything in between is up for grabs. And depends, I guess, on the individual as Completely. well. So that's Completely. where you come in. Completely, yes. And you can actually spend an inordinate amount of money on skincare routines if you've got the wrong cleanser. Because you create a situation in your skin whereby you have to then rectify everything that you're doing with a cleanser that's not appropriate for you. Because you've compromised the skin barrier. Correct. Yeah. Interesting. Mm. Mm. I love that because, yeah, I do think there are there is a big focus on serums, treatments, the yes. things that go in between. Yeah, yeah. So I think mm. it's 
quite refreshing to hear that it's like no 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 don't forget about the basics it's the basics are everything everything yeah. and and all the stuff in between yes there's a real science to that in terms of interpreting ingredients lists choosing the right strength of things you know that that's that's where all the fun stuff is but cleansing and moisturizing i think are completely disregarded in favor of you know, what we see is the fun stuff that's actually going to make a difference. But you can have all of that stuff if you've got the wrong cleanser and not enough moisture. It's not going to make it difference. Yeah. On the note of cleansers and moisturisers, do you have specific cleansers and moisture? I mean, I know it's dependent on skin mm. type, but mm. do you have some some heroes? Look, again, yeah, dependent on skin type, really. Yeah. I think so. One of the brands that I really love because it's mostly cosmetically elegant, uh, well priced, very accessible, and has something in its range for just about everybody is the La Roche Posay range, specifically mm. the Tellarian range. It's minimal ingredients, very effective, as I said, very accessible in terms of price and you know physical physicality. It's uh, I just don't think you can go past it. Yeah, right. And certainly for that kind of cleansing and moisturising mm. part, definitely, yeah. So you mentioned having your bookend products, so your, mm-hmm. your good cleanse, your cleanser and your moisturiser. What what happens in between? What Ooh, is there? Are there any other things? Yeah, <laughs> are there any other things that, for our listeners to take home that they can kind of see if they're missing from their routine, or maybe if they've got too many things happening in it? Most people have too many things. <laughs> Just between us. Um, <laughs> That's, again, another podcast for another time Mm -hmm. in terms of older women, my older female market and the way that they're sold to in terms of, you know, you need this and this and this and this and this to to stop ageing. That's another whole. That's another whole scenario. Um, In terms of the basics that everybody needs, yes, cleanser, moisturiser, we've covered that. Um... Most people need uh, an exfoliant a of some kind, not necessarily the scrubbing kind, um, and certainly not, you know, of the 30% kind that will burn your face off. Some antioxidants to protect your skin, especially the younger age group. Because in, you know, when I have people in their, in their 20s and 30s come to see me, we're talking about, we're in the kind of protection stage. So we want to protect against damage. When I see people in that 40, 50, often we're dealing with damage. So we're, we're trying to repair that as well as future protecting. So I guess you're sort of like a exercise coach in mm. terms of your skin coach, but in the same way that maybe a exactly. personal trainer is. So yeah. you can maybe bring it back down to basics, tell them where they're going yeah. wrong. And if they're in a store, like if they're in, I don't know, Sephora or Mecca yeah. or David Jones yeah. and they're like, I really want to buy this brand new thing that's just come out, they How, can they can they ask you whether okay. that's going to help so, them? Or? So their options are they can come to me for a consult. We will have – so what we'll do is we'll – go through a bit of a questionnaire about their skin. We do some reveal skin analysis. So that's a a skin visualiser that we'll have a look at what's going on, talk about their skin goals, have a look at their current ingredients in their current routine. And they will leave that as a one-off with a new skincare routine. And they never have to come back and see me again if they don't want to. Mm -hmm. The other option is that with the understanding that often, as you say, it's a stepwise process. It's a we need to go back to basics and we need to introduce one thing at a time. 
and see what happens and every skin responds differently, particularly if they've created issues for themselves with their skincare. And so I, I have the option of a membership as well. And so for that, they get to come and see me every quarter. They pay a monthly amount um, like a gym membership mm-hmm. and basically I'm in their pocket. They can email me whenever they want. They can send me photos from Mecca and go, can I have this? <laughs> I really I'm having a moment this. of weakness. Can I have this? <laughs> and I go, that is not for you. Or yes, sure. Buy so, it for your daughter. <laughs> yes. Put it on your feet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, what I talk to people about is not anti-aging because we're actually really enjoying most parts of the ageing process. There's some things like shoulders and knees and stuff that are not fun. But... <laughs> I talk about future-proofing. So I like every 10 years you tend to look back at photos of yourself and go, oh, damn, you know, <laughs> like I would have worn bikinis like to work in my 20s <laughs> if I'd known <laughs> what I was in for. But um, I like to do the same with skin. I like to get people to the point where they can look back when they're 60 and go, I look fine. You know, I'm not looking, I'm not feeling old. I feel great. I feel like what's on the outside matches what's on the inside. So it's not about anti-aging at all. We haven't even spoken about sunscreen, P.S. I was about to jump right? in. That's yeah. exactly it just why occurred I to leaned me. into the mic. We, <laughs> what we, is wrong with me? We don't have a skincare expert in here who doesn't tell us. Right. SPF, SPF, SPF. Is that definitely something that holy, you're an advocate for? Yeah, holy hell, yes. <laughs> I can't even believe we've got to this point. How long have we been talking for? And I have not mentioned sunscreen. What's wrong with me? All right. Sunscreen is everything, especially yeah, in Australia. <laughs> yeah. Full like, stop. Let's yeah, drop mic. Drop, <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> That's it. Sunscreen is everything. Is everything. Um, in terms of future-proofing, What we show on our face, the ageing process on our face, 70 to 90%, depending what you read, what paper you read, is as a result of the sun. Australian women have a real problem with, you know, we've kind of grown up in that tanning tanning culture and, you know, all credit to the Kultime and Melanoma people for, you know, with with their campaign at the moment to get people out of the sun um, and to kind of break some of those cultural barriers down, some of those, you know, that tanning culture barrier down. But the sun, the sun is what ages us in Australia. There are intrinsic things, you know, in terms of your diet and exercise and sleep and stress and genetics that plays a huge part. But by and large, it's the sun. So the number one thing you can do if you want to future-proof your skin is to wear sunscreen. No matter what age you are, wear sunscreen. It's not just about wearing sunscreen, though. It's about wearing enough sunscreen. Mm. It's about wearing the right sunscreen. It's about understanding that sunscreen is actually... You know, in terms of the hierarchy of things that you should do to reduce your sun exposure... It's down the bottom, not at the top. Mm. Sun avoidance and hats and clothing and those kind of things, they're up the top because they're much more reliable because of the issues with wearing enough sunscreen. If you're not Do going you have to a use go-tos? the other. Oh, I have a few go-tos. <laughs> go on. So go typically, on. okay, I will. Oh, of course I will. The When someone comes to see me, I line up the whole SPF arsenal. And we just try and find one that fits with what they like their face to look like, mm. with what's going to go with their makeup, um, 
you know, all of those things. So I, I have selected, so I've selected a few sunscreens that are TGA registered in Australia that have really modern photostable chemical filters. Um, and I tend to, I tend to err on the side of the chemical sunscreens primarily because uh, even though they get bad press, there's no substance to that either at this point, um, they just, they're more wearable. So mm-hmm. people are more inclined, you know, you with, with day to the, day, definitely. Yes, with yeah. the bad press that sunscreens get, you know, you're comparing an unknown risk essentially with a known risk in Australia, which is UV. So, right. from an aging perspective, from a melanoma perspective, from a non-melanoma skin cancer perspective, it's a very big risk. Mm. So, you know, you need to manage your risk there. So, I tend to choose chemical sunscreens because they're more wearable. They play nice with makeup, um, and people want to use them. Some people use them as their moisturiser because they're often in an emollient base. I do. Good. Which one do you use? Um, I currently I've got the Mecca to save face. Lovely. Good um, one. Previously, ultraviolet supreme screen. Also a great one. Yeah. That both of those are on my list. The um, from a from a high protection perspective, I really like the um, La Roche Posay Anthelios. Uh, and in all its guises, it comes in multiple different types, tinted, untinted. Um, but what I'm really loving at the moment is Meso Aesthetic. It's a Spanish uh, brand mm-hmm. that's just yeah, been registered. Yeah. Well, the sunscreen has just been TGA registered. Beautiful sunscreen. Very high UVA I've protection. I've tried that one. It's beautiful. It, it goes is, on beautifully. It is such an elegant product that is not at all like a sunscreen. So, And they're probably my go-tos. Michelle, we ask our guests this question everyone we get in this hot seat mm-hmm. we always have to know what's their one big beauty message so what's the one thing that you get lippy about oh my goodness I get lippy about so many things sunscreen the, I am a sunscreen Nazi there's that so you know just park that because everybody who knows me knows that about me everybody who comes to see me gets my get lippy about exfoliation and over exfoliation. Nice. Uh, I think I've been guilty yeah. of over exfoliating. You know when you do it right? Yeah. You know what I happens? Cut back and my skin improved yeah. drastically. Yeah. 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 So young, healthy skin does not need to be scrubbed or acided or retinoled to within an inch of its life. It's already glowy and gorgeous, trust me, at this end of things. <laughs> We need a bit of help. But, you know, young, healthy skin just does not need that. And I think, you know, this kind of hashtag glow movement and, you know, people want their dewy dumpling and all the rest of it, it's it's the, and their glass skin. I'm just trying to – I'm pulling all the hashtags out of my brain here, right? You know, it's actually created a whole lot of people who think that scrubbing their skin and using 30% acids and is the right way to go. That is not the case at all. Um. And they create more problems than they actually fix because what happens is that you get the opposite of glow. You get a, a damaged skin barrier and you get dull, dry, flaky, dehydrated, breakout, prone, sensitive skin. And it's just – and then you can't put anything on it. That's the other thing. Once you sensitise your skin, it then, turn, it then becomes reactive. It's a real and process to get it back it as can well. take It can mm. take a year. It, it can take a really, really long time to repair a skin barrier, especially in an older age group because the turnover of the, the epidermal turnover is much lower. So it, it, you're better off avoiding that in the first place and just doing things sensibly. So that's, I think that's my biggest get lippy. Don't, you know, use it judiciously. 
once a week, twice a week maybe, but certainly if you're, you know, kind of 18, 20, 25, 30, you don't really need it any more than that. Love that. Yeah. Noted. 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 Thanks. Yes. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I think we've only really just oh tipped the goodness. iceberg. Oh, my goodness. We really have. Um, we need to probably book in a studio session for three hours and we'll, <laughs> we'll get through a bit more. But thank you so much for joining us It's today. been a pleasure. Thank you thank for having you. me. I'm very happy to be here. Well, guys, we will put all of those details from our chat with Dr. Michelle Squire in the show notes for you. In the meantime, please follow us on Instagram so you can keep up with what we're doing. I'm at Carly Ullman. I'm at Neantha Yu. And I'm at Bettina Tyrrell. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. See ya.